0: Plus Ultra, this is illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a bunch of stuff this week. I watched so much anime, my eyes bled. This week, we are finally covering My Hero Academia. I've been waiting on this all summer. And I will tell you up front, we are the people to sell you this because we are not anime people. Are we, Taylor? No, don't know it. Don't read it. (laughs) I don't know anything about the I've the, never yeah. read a manga, I've never watched an anime show. Today, we are covering My Hero Academia. They have a movie coming out on the 29th of October, World Heroes Mission opens worldwide. I studied the the anime through the summer. I've seen all of it all the way up until the final episodes that just uh, the the season just wrapped. Uh, And I've been waiting to do this episode closer to the movie uh, because I think this narrative is one of the most impressive, important narratives that I've come across uh, probably Mm -hmm. in the last few years for sure. Uh, And it means the world to me as far as what the narrative is about. So I'm really stoked to get into this today. (laughs)
1: Anything that has some sort of a claim, we're curious as to why... And who made yeah, this, it and what I heard
0: yeah. of the show before. Absolutely. Could I point out a character from it next to any other anime characters? Absolutely not. I, I absolutely saw this branding in Target, like in front of my face and had no idea. Right. So it was only after getting inundated with the show uh, that I realized that the brand is already everywhere how successful it already is in its own right and and how quickly that fandom is really growing, in particular right. here in the States. I think it really is catching on right now.
1: It's sort of like the uh, Minions stuff. If you're not paying attention, but if you start looking, there's Minions oh, merchandise God. and Minions backpacks. <laughs> and the, you know, if you start looking for this stuff- The next time be, you go in a mall, you'll, you'll, you'll jump. You'll, there it is. It's on Hot Topics Windows right now. <laughs> yeah. It's everywhere. So Evan tasked me with looking into the things that he didn't know about, but what was interesting- is the guy who is principally in charge of making this very private, hardly any pictures or interviews. If you if you look up his name on Google Images, there's literally one photo that's like a 300 by 300 pixel that somebody got of him signing some book. And even an interview that I saw in Japan in Japanese, he's wearing this steampunk sort of mask and goggles so you don't oh, even God. see his face. So I I was able to piece a lot of this together. So that being said, even if you know a lot about this, you probably
0: don't know a lot about what we're going to talk about today. Sick. (laughs) Off the top, I just, for anybody that's skeptical, you know, why why would I care about anime? Oh, it's a superhero thing. Okay, it's a superhero. The reason that I think this is so incredible is this is cutting through probably the most overwrought genre on the face of the planet right now. It's doing things with the with superheroes that I have been long waiting to see done. It is affectionate for all of Marvel and DC American comic books, but it is using all of its inclinations from its culture to tell a fresh story that has Mm -hmm. a lot of components and influence from all over. But I think that this, out of all the superhero stuff, I mean, all of it, oh my God, I can't anymore with it. But this, this cuts out all the noise, and I'm so excited to actually like, Pick it apart today, so that's why I'm excited about it. Is it really cuts through the superhero genre for me? But because I would
1: cast a blind eye to it, being like, "Oh, Japanese anime looking thing about superheroes, whatever." Yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but here we are. Let's learn. We're going to start with manga in general because we need that to set the stage for how right. iconic and different this is. So manga accounts for 25% of all printed materials in the country of Japan. Wow. God, that's a quarter of every <laughs> piece of paper has yeah. manga on it. That's That doesn't seem right, but it is. And since the 1950s, obviously, it has been a major part of Japan's publishing industry. Annual sales of 1.9 billion books wow. and magazines, which would, in the country, equal about 15 issues per person. So wow. way more I, than
0: I that. The, this yeah. is and you might not have these figures, but I'm just like, what are the American numbers for comic books? You know, oh, like, if they sell a hundred thousand, <laughs> it's good. You know, like that. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah, is yeah. they love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Manga, going back to some of the history of this, it refers to in Japan, all types of cartooning, comics, mm-hmm. animation. It's a, it's a big, broad term versus anime in the US and elsewhere means the motion animated, but there is not really that distinction. Manga is,
0: like, the square is a rectangle. These were all such big, scary words to me when I was little. You know, like, I think I (laughs) stayed away from, like, Japanese animation as a child. Like, at the Scholastic Book Fair, there would be... I would know, like, that's Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh!, but there's some other... there's it goes off a cliff and i'm intimidated uh and and now i'm like oh it's just it's just the other culture's words for the exact same thing it's just a comic (laughs) book you know yeah yeah so
1: this is how it (laughs) was like as a kid i was like
0: oh no i don't understand it It it's this it's the same thing (laughs) <laughs> and it's been done for a while, which is why it's so
1: expansive compared to perhaps you look at, oh, I know, maybe there was a Lone Ranger comic book. And, you know, we talked about mm. in our in our mm-hmm. Justice League and Stan Lee ones, they, they tried to experiment. But Japan has been experimenting for a while. So the oldest one I could find, 12th century, the scrolls of frolicking animals. It's got frogs and rabbits. <laughs> and it's funny because the legs the way they draw him sort of simulate running, which is adopted, that, that becomes a style in Japanese art is the motion lines and the oh, lines yes. for expression. Yeah. You know, people look at anime right. and they're like, oh, why is when he's surprised, it's like, bah and there's <laughs> lines coming off of him. But that right, was done in right. the be- in the 12th century.
0: Yeah. As we go through here, and this is beautiful because there's parts of this because I've seen the entire show. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reading the manga myself at the current time, and so it's I'm and because it's the only manga I've ever read. It's the only serialized anime I've ever watched. Uh, there are there are pieces of the format uh, and the medium that might impress me, but they also might be a staple you know what i mean <laughs> so what you're explaining right now is great context because i mm-hmm. you know i i see beautiful animation in the show and i go wow that's, ing- that's incredible but it also might be part of manga, you know, and <laughs> and it's because of the ad- adaptation process and because it's so strictly adheres to the manga yeah. itself going into the anime that that stuff just translates directly onto the screen. Mm-hmm. So it, I, that was kind of a forced example. But this is going to be interesting as we go through yeah. to really put the aesthetics of the show into more uh, context. Mm-hmm. The mid 1700s.
1: Kibyoshi picture books were the basically the first comic books that anybody could find sold to the okay. masses. Typesetting in Japanese is really hard because there's a lot of different characters. And so mm-hmm. it was easier to carve them into the wood block that the illustration was also a part of. So it allows creative people to right, put in right. a good balance of text mixed with image that otherwise would just be a caption at the bottom mass produced. Right. The next one being following World War II, U.S. has barreled their way through and brought in Disney, Betty Boop, all that business for their And you're going to love it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Japanese newspapers and magazines, they're bringing their own style and readership saying, we'll take that, some of it, here's how we've been doing business for a while. Osamu Tezuka is the godfather
0: of manga, Astro Boy, is what he came up with. Ah, yes, very good. So since I've been, you know, doing this this summer and in the fall, I've been in some anime shops and, uh, you know, and, and throughout my life before, even now I've seen Astro Boy, but now I'm actually seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, I'm, now we're putting pieces together. Love it. <laughs> so this is closely post-war. You know, in the manga,
1: he employs a lot of what we now think of as like filmic cinematography techniques, panels that. Mm -hmm. Almost emphasize slow motion, rapid zooms from distant to close up. Also the very large eyes aesthetic, which, you know, I was doodling that way in middle school. That is all from him starting. Yeah, I I was I
0: was I was standing in line for an anime shop and there was like a a collector's edition of some sort of like Astro Boy with like some like paraphernalia, like extra promo stuff. And you Mm can tell that this was from like it had to be the early 2000s. Yeah, because uh, it was you know, like yellow, sunned and yellowed, and they still wanted like me you know, like one hundred and fifty dollars for it or something. Um, but it, I, I I stood there and looked at it for like a good ten minutes and just being mm-hmm. like, Astro Boy. I've seen this. I've seen this before. I didn't mm-hmm. know it called for such an immaculate release on DVD in two thousand and three. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, now this makes sense. You know,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some of the traits of these manga from then to now, typically printing in black and white, which I thought was interesting as I'm, I, I'm used to American yeah. comics yeah. where it's all in color, but that's because of time c- constraints and artistic reasons, mostly the time constraints though, because they're serialized weekly basically all of them and, and then they become their own volumes that are put separately. Yeah,
0: it it could hardly even be a budgetary cons- constraint at that point. You know, it's you got it's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all serialized so you may get one that is many pages but they're all in
1: one large magazine with many stories. And That's cool. some more terminology that might have scared you that then just is what it is. There are two groups that solidify sort of after the late 50s. Shonen manga and Shouju manga, which basically just means like boys and girls. So okay. Sh- okay. Shonen Shonen was the boys, the teenage boys, and Shouju is girls. So the only, you know the main one that I would know from 50s is Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon. And the,
0: ah, I yeah. see. I love this. This is all yeah, yeah, this yeah. is connecting so many dots throughout my life. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe
1: focused more on romance plots, more teenage girl okay, stuff, okay. Yeah. Tr- stereotypically
0: in the boys stuff. It didn't often have on to do that. With well, let me put a pin on yeah. that right yeah, 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 now, yeah. because I watched the most incredible film uh, not too long ago. And it was hailed at the time, but I just watched it. It's called Your Name. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 uh, Certainly up that alley. Uh, absolutely incredible. Should have been nominated for best screenplay, uh, period. Mm-hmm. End of story. That's immediately where my mind went past Sailor Moon, because that's definitely where I'm most acquainted. I, was, I think as a child, I was into like Pokemon, and I, mm-hmm. you know, Sailor Moon would be on every once in a while, so I just visually recognized it. Yeah. Um, but then moving through that, I just wanted to bring up Your Name, because oh, it yeah. is absolutely an incredible film outright. If you don't take our word for it on My Hero Academia, <laughs> go watch Your Name, because you'll be absolutely blown mm-hmm. away. It's- yeah.
1: The, the popularity of manga, which is understood then with Japanese culture, is it's all ages. You're given this as a child, both for entertainment and education. It just becomes a habit as you grow up. And then there are different uh, types of stories, depending on your age. There's the Seinen manga, which is for adult men from 18 to 40. And then there's sin, which is even more adult grown men after that. So there's all the different age ranges and different types of stories it's it's
0: fun that it doesn't seem like it ages out like whatsoever and it seems very like culturally appropriate you know like you know like they're going into like all of these demographics, where in like it feels like in a, in America, it's like, well, that's a childish thing, and you grow out of that in your twenties, at least. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah. It's
1: it becomes the stories about business, history, relationships with right, spiritual right. and philosophical. You know, it really it really is a shame that the cultural perception to the layman who sees a, a poster of it in Hot Topic, that's the mass market stuff. You know, that's the yeah. thing that gets people in the door, but then the whole. 25% of every piece of paper <laughs> you know like it right. it isn't nothing and then also going along with the ages so like dragon ball the manga ran for 10 years like harry potter you know like it follows through with you right. yeah. if you started yeah. it when you were 6 you'd finish it when you're 16 it's different yeah. it it continues to go with this maybe changes now with more technology internet etc but kids were the ones buying them at the convenience stores like if i was a kid and wanted to buy a comic In America, I would have to get my parents to drive me to a comic book store or buy it for me at Barnes & Noble, but they're just there next to the gum (laughs) and the candy. So (laughs) kids develop a habit of buying them. And then so then when you're taking the train to work for your first job, you might pick one up and read it on the subway. (laughs) So how wholesome I wish we had like a
0: cultural thing that held us all together. Like you you (laughs) age through and like, okay, I'm interested into the, oh, wow. This is for me now though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not just uh, the (laughs) funny, instead of like comic books being looked. Yeah. Instead of like, yeah, yeah. Instead of it kind of just being sidelined or mitigated or like. You know, I, I don't know. It's a, a strange thing of how we like squash things in this culture. And seeing compared, it's just comic books, and I see comparatively in their culture, they seem to like really celebrate it and like put a ton of thought into it. And mm-hmm. it, it, there's there's one for everyone. Mm-hmm. So the the biggest one, which I've seen this term
1: before and had no idea what it was, Shonen Jump. We know Shonen right. is that particular right. demographic. Jump is just the name of the magazine company line. So it's right. their weekly shonen line. Started in 1969, and it's the best-selling manga magazine. Wow. Dragon Ball, One Piece, Death Note—all them came from there and
0: had, or have, weekly wow. issues there. And so you get this magazine, and it has it has issues from all of these stories in it.
1: Right. So it might it might right. have 20 different the currently running that Yeah. 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 So. You know, also that it goes without saying it's for the younger teen boy, but they're also 27% of its audience is over 25, and there's still a large female demographic. It's not like Mm -hmm. it it becomes more expansive, but that goes to say, Jump has 40 different (laughs) magazines running, either weekly or otherwise, that are all different. Types and of so at this things. point,
0: is it still so much the boy girl thing or is it just become so big and it's the longest running one that that it's, you know, it's all. About?
1: Yeah. Shonen, like I said, is the biggest one Shonen jump. Mm-hmm. That is the weekly one is the biggest one. So it does encompass a lot more people. But there are other ones that are definitely more yeah. in yeah. that niche. Or if you go into a store, you'll see it, it very much looks like, oh, the boys and girls stuff gotcha is separated. I did find okay. an interview with Hiroyuki Nakano, who is the editor-in-chief of Weekly Shonen Jump, and he was explaining sort of the process of how they create so much material on oh, a weekly yeah. basis, which will help us understand. Finally, we'll get to the author of <laughs> My Hero Academia, but it's worth explaining because right. it's, it's a process that seems insurmountable yeah. to do this since the 60s, 50s. There are editors that are the, almost like producers, like figureheads of the different running weekly series. And each editor may have just one or two artists that they're working with for each weekly issue. And the editor is kind of like the, like I said, the creative partner, close friend they're mm-hmm. collecting the manuscripts, keeping up the deadlines, conducting surveys to see who likes what, promoting the stuff so that their thing continues to be in the weekly. Mm-hmm. The artist may have several assistants helping them draw, or if they've got the story and they've got the characters, this person might just be drawing in. I saw a picture where they're just drawing in a really detailed fan, a close up of a Japanese fan in the you know, it's like, I don't need to be doing that. Right, right. But that's right, how right, you build kind right. like of a second unit way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, that you you start there. Everybody that wants to do it starts there. You apprentice under somebody that has their series yeah. running and you're racing to try and keep it going as long as possible. And then maybe you get your own thing or you do a one-shot yeah. thing with the editors taking surveys. That also depends on how close you are to the front of the magazine, you know. So like one piece in the front forever because it's been on there for 10 years and it's got the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, Everything. So, you know, as you start to slip in the rankings of these surveys of people reading the magazines and saying which ones they do or don't like, that means you get bumped further and further to the back or Mm. completely eradicated. And then your, your whole series is done. So Uh the editors really are taking responsibility for it on the artist's behalf to make sure the manga becomes a hit and also, wanting to nurture young artists, because Mm -hmm. more and more people are constantly also trying to do this. Hitoshi Koike was the first editor for My Hero Academia. And he said that the first thing an editor can do is become the artist's biggest fan. You want them Mm. to succeed. yeah. So that's a, a very broad strokes piece of the process. And obviously there's dark sides to it and and overwork and <laughs> all the right. million other things that any
0: work culture has but
1: um,
0: <laughs> it's like uh, misery you know you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta 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 get that next issue out you know uh uh-huh.
1: and then the editors obviously he's you know the interviews from the editor-in-chief they're working with the sub editors who are then trying to collate together a whole magazine Week to week to week to week. To yes,
0: week, yes. As long as possible. This is very cool because yes, Shonen Jump is a is a, a name I've heard for years, uh, mm-hmm. and then Shonen comics, you know. And yeah. I'm and I'm starting like from a broad sense, from a distance. I'm like, is that yeah. is it like is that fighting? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like but, Jump yeah. comics. So so that's different than just Shonen. Yeah, yeah. So this is all. <laughs>
1: This it's is all, all making together.
0: much more sense. And I'm really enjoying the the format, the idea of the magazine itself and mm-hmm. having all these separate stories and their weekly editions uh, all in one little magazine. I, you know, I've been looking at the the covers for the magazines; They're absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And you can just see all of the energy in it. I mean, mm-hmm. they look like they're straight out of like, you know, Nickelodeon magazine from 1990. yeah but, <laughs> yeah draw in you in good, in, in all understand. the best ways yeah, oh, yeah no like in all the best like energetic energetic like colorful uh, ways and, and you can see all of the different stories running um, it looks like something very exciting and I'm just like what what is a comparable thing like this in the states i'm just like i i can't even there's not there's nothing that even Mm -hmm. i don't know I, i don't know of a comparable thing in terms of comic books uh and and a a collection a weekly collection that is so much fun yeah it is it
1: is a distinctly japanese facet of society and so if you were a kid growing up and you were even the slightest bit interested in being an artist or drawing, you would want your series yeah. in Weekly Shonen Jump. <laughs> that is yeah. the one, my God. And then to be the first one to be, I mean,
0: that's- You got that that's, title cover, baby, you're on the front page.
1: <laughs> so here comes the author, the mysterious man who you can hardly find anything about, Kohei Horikoshi, and this is his creation story for this. He went to design school but his parents encouraged drawing. He freelanced as an illustrator in college, always wanted to be a manga artist, always wanted to do his mm-hmm. thing, submitted to a jump fan contest, won. And so this became a one shot that they produced, which is just one 20, 30 page. I don't, I don't remember, but not not a
0: massive thing. Right. It's not um, like an ongoing story. You and get it's just kind one. Of a, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. And his
1: first one, it's a samurai story. In it, there's this woman who is trying to understand about what warriors are and who they protect. Some of the thematics of My Hero Academia, I'm trying to pull together with what Mm -hmm. he's working on. And there is a character in it named Tenko who turns things into dust. I don't know if that rings any bells for any of of the characters in there. Yeah. So (laughs) that potentially could be something that he's, he's working on, just even the thematics of like, who... Is right. doing the right thing. Who are the heroes? Warrior, yes. just another term for hero. From this, he becomes an assistant in the system and apprentices mm. under an artist working on their thing. And he and gets, they never saw his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> um, he gets one series, but it gets canceled after thirty-seven chapters, which is about ten months. And mm. it's uh, this I mean, crazy that he even gets something and it, and it
0: goes and on. Yeah, I mean, still- I'm trying to contextualize that you you get it and then you do it for most of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking for most of that year, you've got to be feeling mostly good for at least but part of the year. You got as feel it, it slips and good, slips and then it got <laughs> s- to slip away. Yeah, that, that's got to be really difficult to get mm-hmm. there and then mm-hmm. get there for like, oh, you know, that's 10 months. That's not nothing, but it, it, you know, he's certainly not established, but I just, I'm trying to get in the mindset of like getting there and then Mm -hmm. having it erode. Yeah. His thematics are also tying on with
1: now this progression. It's about this cursed zoo owner who's part animal and can turn animals into these hybrids. And there's a girl who's working there, who's trying to find a sense of belonging, very manga (laughs) out there kind of stuff, but it, it is about belonging, what are you supposed to be doing, that sort yeah. of thing. His next series translates, the title is Barrage, and that's canceled after 16, mm-hmm. less than half of that, and it's a sci-fi, this kid who's trying to become king, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. O- <laughs> origin story. But it, mm-hmm. like I said, it's canceled. He's super sad, depressed, lacking inspiration, canceled twice in the span of two years, the thing you've been Ugh. working your whole life to get to this part. Uh, he He's in a two year gap now where he hasn't, he's not putting anything out. He's not <laughs> getting his thing because what would, what, what would you think? You know, Oh, I'm not good at this.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. You're not I, getting, you're not getting much back. You're not getting much encouragement. Oh, you got it. And you get, Oh, and you, okay, it's over, but you got, we oh, got another one in it for half as long. And, <laughs> ooh. Yeah. Oh, so, and it's gone, you know? I
1: <laughs> so in this two year gap, there was another one shot that he did which I didn't mention on purpose, in between mm-hmm. the other one shot. And it's just a single story called My Hero, which came out in 2008. It's a guy, Jack Midoria, who I, I think that's the last name, correct? Of Correct. But yeah. So this is about – it's an adult – it's not a teenager, but uh, this salary man who works for a superhero supply company. So the superheroes in this world are – Nobody's super, has powers, it's equipment that people use, and he's a salesman for it, and he wants Mm. to be a hero, but he's too sick to do so the entire Mm. time, and eventually he does become one, etc. But it's just a little one-shot thing, and very much...
0: Feeling like he's not there it's, I, I it's yeah. interesting because like we've mapped out a couple things where it's like okay that's obvious you got jack midoria the predecessor there mm-hmm. heroes were in that now you're getting into a little bit of a world building equipment that kind of thing now if you look at his other stories a place of belonging feeling like an outcast now you got a, a kid a kid that's trying to become king mm-hmm. uh, you have tanko who turns things into dust you have a yeah. lot of the major pieces through all mm-hmm. of the stories down through my hero. That's super interesting that seeming like he didn't just, well, I got to think of something new or fresh as he started to put them all in the same pot. Mm-hmm. Cause
1: what was not working with each of these things? What can I coalesce to all of them or what is yeah. the situation that I'm in now? So that's where the interview stuff sort of stops with him. But I, but I was able to find a uh, interview with his two editors on My Hero Academia. So the Mm. the first guy, Mr. Koike and Mr. Monji. And so they had said, he really likes Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. That was a huge (laughs) influence (laughs) for him. And as we said, superheroes, the American superhero stuff, he is just as
0: interested in
1: that as he is in Japanese manga. And I want to make
0: that clear for the audience. I think one thing that, there's several things that grabbed me about the series. but one of the major leading things is that once you get past its anime, I started realizing very, very quickly that this stylistically was built to mirror classic American comic books, both in, in, in top to bottom, but Mm -hmm. most, most prominently in its visual style. This is the most, the least looking anime (laughs) I can find Mm -hmm. Uh, it. it, When I pull up frames of this and I was just doing it with, with uh, my wife the other night when I was just like, I freeze framed it, and I went. Look, this looks like 1990s X Men, and it yeah. does. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He definitely
1: is equally as versed, and there's a lot of Easter eggs and references, and even references to America and American cities in the power moves of one of the characters. I saw just a lot
0: that he. Oh, the the main, the, like the main uh, mentor figure. His all of his fighting moves are based on uh, American states. Uh yeah. (laughs) America America is is through this thing through and through. Yes, technically it's happening in Japan, but America is is intrinsic to everything that they're building into this show, from Mm -hmm. the the visuals down to the world building. This this is really trying to be shoulder to shoulder with American comic books. Mm -hmm. And I think it I think it kicks. (laughs) <laughs> I think, it, <laughs> to be honest, I think it's better than all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think, personally, I think American comic books have been stuck in an echo chamber since Watchmen. We have been so focused on trying to save these characters that we've forgotten to actually create new characters that say new things for a new time. Mm-hmm. We're, we're stuck trying to recreate Spider-Man and Batman over and over and over again. And I would stand here saying that we, you know, they have been what they have been good for. We are done with them, that their metaphors are over and they are not applicable to a modern audience. Uh, I think the way forward is something like this. That's taking all of its cues from that material, but it's not weighed down by all of the mistakes and the uh, the tropes of that material. It has all of these other inclinations from its culture mm-hmm. uh, and things that it wants to say that has nothing to do with where American comic books have been spinning their wheels since Watchmen. Yeah. I mean, really we've been sitting around thinking like, Oh man, were we wrong? Like bad, like, our heroes can be villains too. And like we are no, we have not been able to move out of this conversation. I mean, we did the boys a couple of years ago here on this show. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. like the best since Watchmen, the best statement on American comic books and American superheroes, but it's still stuck in that echo chamber of we were wrong. This has none of that. This is so mm-hmm. positive and and hopeful. And, and it's just it's a joy to watch. And I feel like I really am. Uh, it's Saturday morning cartoons with the X-Men. That's exactly how I feel when I sit down mm-hmm. to watch this.
1: Well, interesting going back to to Horikoshi's story of making this because uh, his, his first editor, Mr. Koike, was focused on upping his motivation after that series got canceled because, like I said, he was super depressed. He wasn't going to have another chance. Mm. So it's not <laughs> optimistic at all. This is like yeah. – God, and, he, and even in a way too, looking at the American comic book stuff, yearning to draw for the mainstream perhaps is what his editor said, even though he would never say that, but took over half a year to draw the first chapter, the second chapter, then in two months and the third in a week. And then this is what he sends to approval for the first review by the other editors and, and discussing it. This editor that gets him through kind of this motivational session and whatnot he has to leave because of administrative problems so after all that uh Mm. he's he's not his editor and this comes this second guy kengo my
0: cheerleader so this 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 new guy
1: he took over when the storyboards for the first chapter were in progress but a a lot of the the story and the self-work and and whatnot is going on i thought from a craft standpoint he had said of all the authors i've been in charge of horikoshi doodles the most he is just drawing all of the time, which factors in. I mean, you need that. You need that to just be your default state if you're going to do something like this. I
0: I, I like reading the mangas because you get little notes from him at the mm-hmm. beginnings of them all the time. And, and you get a sense of, a little bit of his personality or, you know, just inclinations of what, you know his emotions going into doing this. And uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, so it's not a direct quote, but it's yeah. one of them that that I just giggle at every time. <laughs> it's like every week I tried to do my best so hard that I feel like I might die. It's pretty <laughs> thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's I, I'm starting to see a lot in just his story, uh, all of these, you know, failures to launch um, having all these pieces of the story that ends up making the thing that breaks through. I'm seeing a lot that ends up to the character of Azuka Um mm-hmm. it, It's such a simple character because of the rules set up in the world that I, I think it's so easy to to empathize with him. Which that, is what, that he's not a hero? Well, well, the rules of the world is that suddenly uh, 80% of the population started exhibiting amazing abilities. They started growing powers. They call them quirks. There, That means there's, a 20, there's 20% of the population that nothing changes. So imagine if you're one of these people that nothing changes while everybody else... Basically, uh, <laughs> we're talking about humanity evolving. And so Izuku is a boy born without superpowers while all of his friends end up getting them by the time they hit puberty or well before even. Uh, and the thing he wants most is to be a superhero he wants to be a hero now that 80 percent of the population has quirks and it's been going on for some a few decades now uh, so we're well in it's not like it's just happened um so that's interesting to take it that far and go okay then we're really going to flip the world upside down and that makes your main character izuka midoriya the protagonist here i mean so uh compelling i think it's so easy to connect with him uh, right out of the gate on a simple rules flip i mean there's it's very very simple um, mm. compared to normal. One of these normal stories, is he's the chosen one, and he's born with powers, and nobody else has them. You know, that's that's every other story. This is the complete inverse of that. Yeah, uh, and and all of that that it entails. What would the world be like? What would my friends be like if they were born with incredible abilities and I wasn't? That's what I think this is about. Yeah, I think it also. Uh,
1: speculating here because, like I said, there's nothing on this guy, but like looking at. Looking at Horikoshi's story, kind of like like he could have written a story about a terrible world filled with terrible people and be cynical about it. The main character, it's that's usually the villain's backstory (laughs) of like you feel slighted, (laughs) you feel shunted, you have an imposter syndrome, and it's the world is wrong and I can prove it, (laughs) kind of thing. Right. Um, right. This other guy was saying it's My Hero Academia is kind of this desperate optimism of like no 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 it has to be wrong. And I, like, I, <laughs> I can, I
0: can do it, <laughs> you know, like it's an yeah, impossible yeah. goal, but I'm going to, I have impossible expectations that's the entire show. I mean, it really does boil down to that. I mean, <laughs> so many moments throughout yeah. the entire show. I love the show because it really puts into focus, like with this, like what you're with you're saying. Well, what is a hero? What is being a hero? What is being a villain? That's at the forefront of much of the plot and much of the concerns of the characters. Instead of just, I, I don't even understand much much of the nonsense that Marvel and DC goes. i mean, what are the <laughs> what? Are, what are the characters concerned with? I mean, that's really like. Yeah, I digress. Well, except for Spider-Man, <sighs> which I love. And Spider-Man is very much. I mean, I mean, in, cer- in terms of like, I'm, I mean, classically, yes. I mean, yeah, in terms yeah. of like fresh now here in 2021, yeah. when comparatively, what did the characters have to offer? I'm like, what What are we doing with, Mar- with Marvel? You know, what are we saying when we put out uh, one of these movies a month? <laughs> um, I don't I, I, when I, when I see so many Marvel movies and I'm trying to derive what in the world, the morality of it is, what is the point here? What am I supposed to be learning here? What are, what are these supposed to be teaching my kids? Am I supposed to t- show my kids this for what? That it's, <laughs> that it's good entertainment. Like, yes, it's entertaining. What is it saying? What's it teaching me I, I, for something? For, it, we're talking about superheroes, a hero. This is a topic that I think is has become very bothersome, basically since post nine eleven i I see a culture that's become enlo- like engrossed with like wanting to be taken care of, but no no actual like effort into figuring out well how to take care of people. Right. That's what this is about. That's what this whole show is about. well, how do, how am I supposed to be a hero? Uh, what does that actually mean? What does being a villain mean? Let's actually do, like, get into what, that, what, what we're really talking about. Let's be focused here in what the narrative is supposed to accomplish. And
1: he had said his thought, because everybody asked him, well, what do you think a hero is? And he had said, oh, well, it, what a hero is, is different for different people. Deku, for him, a hero is someone who can save people. And Katsuki, a hero is someone who can win. And Right different people in society have those definitions now of yes. of what a hero is. That's yeah. heroism to him is I'm going to I'm going to draw this thing whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> and I haven't been able to do it, but this is what you're saying the caveat is. I'm not going to be cynical about it. I'm I'm yeah. not going to be mad at the world. I'm going to try, even though it's impossible for me, even though I don't
0: have powers, it seems. You, and it turns you're gonna out. You're going to manifest the beauty that you know is possible. I mean, I, I'm seeing now a lot of what he was up against really injected into the character's motivation. Yeah. Uh, and why the thing is overwhelmingly possible.
1: And with the context of, of Weekly Shonen Jump, you did it and then you <laughs> didn't. You know, like. Yes.
0: What does that do to somebody? Yeah. I relate so much to so many of the characters, but central here is you have Azuka Midoriya who's born without superpowers. Right. His most prominent quote friend uh, is Katsuki Bakugo. And they grow up together through uh, kindergarten to now high school is where the main narrative takes place. and, And Bakugo is born with an incredible ability. He has this fire explosion ability. And he exhibits it very early. And so Izuku Midoriya, uh, later later named Deku, actually named Deku by uh, Bakugo because Deku's actually means useless. <laughs> so he calls Izuku Deku because he's born without powers, and they are both captivated and enthralled by the number one hero on the planet, All Might. Bakugo grows up with the obvious potential to. Get close or maybe even surpass where All Might is. He wants to be like All Might. All Might Uh always wins, like you said. You boiled down immediately to what the characters are really about. Azuku loves All Might all the same, but what he sees is somebody who is never so broken by the scenario that he lets his smile fade because he's there to save the people in the situation. If he's frustrated, if he's scared, how are they going to be? What he sees is somebody who never gives up, always smiling. It can save everyone and still smile through it, uh, and it's not so much a spoiler because it really is the, the the concept of the show is that we find out that the number one hero, All Might, can transfer his power. Uh-huh. Nobody knows this, so this is the shocking thing about you know a revelatory thing about All Might, this this man that Azuku uh, has loved his entire life, but nobody knows this. He can transfer his power. How is that possible? That what are you are you kidding? Therein lies the show. Uh, All Might sees that Deku has the true heart and and deserves a chance to stand in the ring as a hero. Mm -hmm. He deserves a shot to try it. So immediately when both of these boys show up day one in the classroom... It's a rivalry, and it's a staunch rivalry, and it really propels the show, and it's their relationship that, that absolutely hooked me and kept me sticking around, but it, it, didn't really, it didn't really sink its teeth into me until about season two and really season three, where I, where I thought I knew where the show was going. Mm-hmm. Season three comes around and completely changes everything. I, I was dead wrong, and I <laughs> fell in love with the characters and I was ready to go any direction that they wanted to go after that. I thought I knew where this generally was going between these two. Everything I've said about these two characters might incline you to see like what the overarching narrative might be. You're probably going to be wrong. Right, um, so <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. quite not going to quite spoil that there, but uh, season three, I think, is where really things come to a head, and these boys really uh, own up to their whole relationship. I think this is this relationship right here is so important because, again, in our culture, I think we need to be having a conversation about masculinity, insecurity, uh, yeah. entitlement. This is what Bakugo and Midoriya really study between the two of them, and it, it's so rich, it's so important. And I mm-hmm. wish we had more things in America that were unflinchingly willing to dissect these things. Yeah.
1: Sort of a real-life correlation to what you were talking about with All Might and Deku giving him his power. Uh, We had mentioned the the One Piece manga by Richiro Oda, 490 million copies it's going to surpass harry potter as yeah. <laughs> like it's it is if you hadn't known that i mean it's
0: insane he is i mean it, I, the anime has an ungodly number of episodes <laughs> i mean it's it, it, you'll never finish it either yeah
1: because <laughs> the manga has been going on forever so and they're just like yeah playing off of each other so in one of the one piece more recent ones he in the you know the fan questions corner he had written and posted about there was a piece of fan art from volume twenty three of one piece. And he said, look at this and then look at the cover, the first cover of My Hero Academia. It's the same name as on that piece of fan art. And what Horikoshi sent him that piece of fan art 10 years before when he was a student and he was just illustrating. And he said, Uh here they are now right next to each other. In in Weekly Shonen oh, Jump, no, and then he said,
0: "That's beautiful." Yeah, he
1: said, "Quote: You should have told me earlier so I could cheer you on." Oh,
0: I so love this
1: kind of like the the mentor giving him. He's like he's like uh, all might, yeah, giving yeah. his
0: giving his power. So that's more or less the setup of it all. I mean, this has been going since the, the manga came out in, in 2014 and the show follows in 2016. It's on Hulu. And one one quick thing I wanted to to throw out there is which I know is a big conversation uh, when it comes down to anime, Japanese animation. Uh, there's a big conversation about dub versus sub. Generally, almost every time I'm in the sub category uh, with the
1: words on the bottom and the actual voice actors,
0: The English voice. Uh, dubs, very generalized, but uh, uh, we'll just say they're not great. <laughs> they're usually pretty lackluster, and mm. I've you know, seen features. I've tried them both ways. I've looked at shows, but I've not seriously watched shows, but I've never, never started a show where off the bat, I said, these voices are cast perfectly. The work of the voice cast and the sound department on Vo- My Hero Academia is absolutely top-notch. Go try this English dub because it is really worth your time. And to that effect, the music is incredible. The music is one of the number one reasons to watch the show. So, if you if you're interested in this at all, right, I gotta recommend the the uh, English dub. Um, right, right.
1: All that to say, so much, so much is ongoing and coming out, and uh, we
0: certainly learned quite a bit. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, World Heroes Mission is in theaters October 29th. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, Thank you. really appreciate this. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you think about manga. What, what, what's your favorite anime? What, what's one that we should cover? Uh, you know, we haven't done yeah. anything on this genre and this format before. So if we did another one, what would be the one that you'd want to know about? The top tier one. Ooh, that or. gold <laughs> status you know what i mean uh thank you guys so much seriously can't uh can't thank you enough um and we will catch you next week